0: Welcome to The Breakaway, a Sacramento Republic podcast. Bend it in the Unbelievable strike. <laughs> My goodness, what a defensive play! Half the crowd can't even believe it. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the breakaway, match week edition. On today's podcast, Michelle Dapper from KCRA3 joins the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate having her on, leading into tomorrow's match against Orange County SC, a 730 kickoff as the Republic looking for six straight wins. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Right on the heels of Reno, and then coming up Saturday, the big, big match against Reno 1868 FC. That's at home as well, and that will have huge playoff implications. But before we get to the interview, UC Davis Health and Republic FC are teaming up for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. During September, the club will share statistics, stories, and ways fans can help those impacted with pediatric cancer. Fans are encouraged to wear yellow on the September 19th match coming up next week. Stay tuned for more pra- programming and ways to get involved. Go to sacralicfc.com for more information. Also, Republic FC and Suncrest Bank have teamed up together to lift up local minority-owned small businesses in our community, but we need your help. Tell us who you think should be considered for grants. You can nominate a minority-owned small business now until September 11th. There's only a few more days left, but you can do that now at sacralicfccom slash Suncrest Bank. And the Business you nominate is eligible to receive the $5,000 grand prize. All nominees will receive the opportunity to receive financial education courses with Suncrest Bank and the Small Business Development Center. Again, go to sacrabilicfc.com slash Suncrest Bank to nominate. All right, let's get to Michelle Dapper. All right, Sacrabilic fans, a very special guest on today's podcast. First time guest from KCRA3, sports reporter Michelle Dapper. Michelle, good to see you. We're wearing the same shirt, the same jersey, which we did not plan, Uh, but (laughs) it's great to have you on, and good to see you.
1: Got to represent the Sacramento Republic, of course. Uh, Got the number three on my back for KCRA 3, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Kind of a great time to come on, because what an incredible win on Wednesday, with, uh, or last Wednesday, with an unbelievable comeback, two goals late, one of them basically at the death at the very last whistle. Um, both from the youth players, and um, I don't know about you, but it was, it was a lot of fun celebrating that win.
1: It was fantastic, and then, of course, to see Julian run over and give uh, Roro a big hug and, yeah. you know, celebrate the veterans as well, that was really awesome.
0: Well, it was cool because um, yesterday, I think, on social media, we're recording this on a Friday. It's not coming out until next Tuesday, but the, uh, the video of you see the bench celebrate, and then with the, with the video of the team scoring, or Juju scoring right. was incredible, watching the celebration – I don't know about you. I mean, I've seen a lot of dramatic finishes in my, in my day, but I don't know if I've seen one in soccer quite like that. Eight goals in, or three goals in the last eight minutes um, and the last one obviously being the game winner. But have you ever seen anything like that? So dramatic at the end?
1: I haven't. You know, it's funny because I was, I was working during the game and we had it on the TV and it was 0-0 for the longest time. And then I look up and it's, you know, one nothing. I'm like, okay, this is going to get interesting. interesting. then they tied it up. I'm like, oh, no, Are they gonna, they're going to settle for the draw. And of course, Julian comes in and and knocks in the game What a fantastic goal that was, by the yeah. way, that strike. Um, but that, that was fantastic. I, I just and then one of my coworkers was like, "Wait a minute, it's over. They won two one. They it was just zero zero. So it was just funny because it was they did score so quickly. I was talking,
0: yeah, I was talking to a fan, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I didn't turn off the turn on the game until the seventy fifth minute. I was like, "Well, you turned it on on a perfect, perfect time.
1: time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, perfect uh, time.
0: So you know, obviously. Mario Panagos, Juju Chavez getting two goals, both their first career goals. Um, They call up from the Academy Club this year. How cool is it from you you and I, who, you know, we love Sacramento, seeing Mm -hmm. some youth in Sacramento come up and and excel at this level?
1: It's fantastic. I think it says so much about uh, the soccer in this area being a hotbed. I mean, you got Julian. Um, and Mario, what Elk Grove residents? Yeah. I mean, then if you want to even go further, you got Hayden, who's on the squad from Turlock, so that's our region as well. I mean, again, this is this isn't this is an area, of course, that is a a hotbed for soccer, and I mean, just the fact that it's gr- the sport, the sport is growing around here as well. So I mean, it just says a lot. And the and like we've mentioned about the confidence of the team, we got a lot of veterans on the team, but. Now that you guys are giving the, these young guys the minutes, that's that does so much for their confidence. And, and the, it adds to the depth of the Sacramento sacri- sacri- Republic FC.
0: Well, you mentioned confidence. And I think what's interesting is the confidence that Mark Briggs has in these young guys to put them in, in a late game situation. And really when they came in the game, it felt like things switched. The energy became more apparent from the Republic. And as soon as Mario Panago scored that first goal, you, I mean, I just felt right away, Okay, these guys are making an impact and they, they are coming in. They are no, they don't think of themselves as the young guys on the team. They they think they belong, and they do belong clearly with the way they score those last two goals.
1: And it was funny because I talked with both Mario and Julian at practice yesterday, and I asked them, how does it feel to have your coach's trust? I mean, you come in the game and you clearly need a goal. And for him to trust you in those situations and put you in. And not keep a veteran in, I mean, that just says a lot right there about their skill and, and, and how their IQ of the game as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what things is going to be interesting, and I want to ask you about this, is you talked about the growth of soccer in our area. And we know how much we have um, uh, incredible youth just around in the area. You mentioned Hayden up in Turlock, really in this NorCal hotbed. We've heard about it from even the San Jose Earthquakes talking about it before Republic um, became, had an academy and had a team in 2014. Since the inception of the team and the and the youth academy, have you noticed the growth of soccer and just younger kids? You cover a lot of high school kids as well. That a lot of more athletes, instead of going to play other sports, that they're now turning to play soccer. Have you noticed that?
1: I absolutely. I mean, especially uh, with your with youth programs as well. I mean, you got Placer, Davis, San Juan, the Republic FC, Elk Grove. I mean, you got all these elite clubs and these, in these travel clubs as well as and they're putting, I mean, these kids have great situations to come into. And I think that definitely grows the game. I, I, I think the U S still is in its infancy stages with the sport as a whole, but um, I, I do see that it's, it is growing.
0: And it's exciting because, you know, after the United States get doesn't make the world cup in the last world cup, which was disappointing. <laughs> uh, I was going
1: to mention that, but I didn't, I, I held back on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you bit your tongue. Yeah. Uh, which was frustrating, obviously, but Good. hopefully, um, with a lot more players playing overseas at higher level clubs coming into this upcoming World Cup, hopefully the Repu- or Republic, the world, the U.S. can have a shot to get out of the group stage like they did. What was it? Two World Cups ago. So I want to ask you. You know, we've had matches, yeah. we've had matches without fans at Pop Murphy's Park. You've been there. I've been there. It's so strange. What What has your experience been like um, with at the matches with no fans? The one thing that I-
1: Okay, I love matches obviously with fans, but the one thing that I do love about not having fans is you get to hear the players communicate. I've never, I, in a match, you get to hear them, yes, okay, like maybe they say a few words that you don't want to hear, they cuss or whatnot, but you get to hear how much they communicate on the field. And I think as a sports reporter or as anyone who loves sports, I just want to hear how and when they're communicating and who is the vocal leader out there. I think that's a really cool element that I've I've really enjoyed. By not having the, the the fans, I guess you could say, is the fact that you do get to hear. You know, you can hear what coaches saying, the refs are saying, how the players are talking on the field. I think that's just a it's just a different element that you don't normally get when you have you know the screaming and the, and the and the chanting the whole entire match.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that I I actually agree with you. I completely enjoy, and I feel like since this I've learned a lot more about the game and the ins and outs and the adjustments because you can almost hear right. adjustments being made in real time. And I don't think we've ever, you have to basically watch for the adjustments in the past and okay. now you get to see it and hear it happen live. I think that's something that's really different.
1: And and to hear like, you know, Mark Briggs saying in defense, defense, or, you know, you know, channel ch- channeling on this guy. And it's like, wow, that it makes you watch the game as well. Like you said, at a whole different level.
0: Yeah. And especially for someone like me, who's still relatively new to soccer um, and getting to see pieces like that, things Getting changed, and you see, okay, I see why he's doing that now. I have learned a ton, and and talking to Mark as well, he was on the podcast last week, and and we talked, in again, just talking to him has been incredible. But you know, we talked about the youth a little bit earlier. I had um, Rafa Diaz on the podcast uh, that was yesterday. Again, this is coming out Tuesday. We're filming or recording this in advance, right. but his ability to come off the bench as coming into the season, more than likely a number two goalkeeper. And then getting his opportunity when Greenwich goes down and he has just been incredible in goal from the Republic. I mean, talk about what a great story. It's been, I know you as a, as a reporter at KCR three, that's the type of stories that I imagine you guys just love.
1: Fantastic. And then I believe he's also up for the, the gold glove, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's amazing to come off the bench like that. And, and I think defense has really been the strong point of this team this year. Um, I know a lot of fans are really, you know, Chattering out to, you know, we want them to score more, score more, but if the goals aren't coming, you got to clamp down on that defense. And I think the Republic FC have adjusted to that. And, you know, maybe that, that, that is their role this year is, you know, you'd like to see the, the high scoring attack as we saw in the first couple of games, but, um, or at least the, the heavy attack mode. Um, but again, to, to have a netminder like that step in for Adam, that's, that's pretty phenomenal.
0: Well, it, you mentioned a really good point. The narrative coming into this season was that this team was probably going to score a lot of goals. We we kept hearing that from coaching staff, general manager, right. everybody. Just looking at the personnel they had, all these guys coming back, uh, um, additionally adding Roro, adding Carlton Belmar, guys who had scored at different levels. We were so expecting to have a heavy attack team. And now the the narrative has kind of changed a bit to where this team's defense is kind of their backbone, and that's what they lean on. And um, I'm curious, what do you think about as the team goes forward, you know, defense, obviously we talk about in every sport, it wins championships, but especially in games specifically like the Portland Timbers game where nobody's able to score um, and then late um, both teams get a chance, the resiliency of the club and the ability to stay focused and not give up. I mean, they've won five straight matches. I mean, is that something that you have seen and expect them to possibly work on and get even better at as we go like closer to the postseason.
1: That's funny. I don't even think they've reached their full potential yet. I think, you know, yeah, they're riding a five-game win streak, but a lot of these matches have been a tale of two halves. Um, they haven't even put together a full match, you know, so to speak. So I think as they, as they are weathering the storm out there, say if they start slow and then they finish strong, I think once they put it all together and, and, and have a complete match, I think the scoring's going to come. I think, um, you know, I mean, this year's a, a different year too. I mean, you're playing group play. So that, that adds a different kind of pressure than they're used to with, you know, you must get points. You want to stay on top of that group. Um, the goal differential differential right now with Reno, I think Reno's up on them by five. So yeah, the, the need to score is there. Um, But I think they've weathered it as as best as they could or can, especially with, you know, the break, developing chemistry. This is a a pretty new roster. Right. You know, different – a new head coach. So you're still – there's a lot of um, different elements, I think, this year that being such a strange year, I think they've adapted to that pretty well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the the chemistry, and I think that that's something that they are slowly developing chemistry on the field, and we see it with – buildups we've seen it with communication it seems like that obviously in a five game win streak you're going to have more confidence but it just feels like overall that they have a much better feel for each other on and off the or off the or on the field excuse me because we see you know less runs being made and um through balls being kicked when the guy wasn't making a run we've seen less of that it seems like everybody's on the same page going into matches
1: yeah, and I think coach has uh, done a good job with that because talking to them in practice yesterday, it's like he said, it all starts in practice. And I think you know, that's what they've been heavily working on is, is developing that and literally coming to practice each and every day as if it's a game type situation. And, that's the, and I asked him yesterday, how do you develop that? And how do you create that and make it translate to game day? And he says, it all starts right here on, on, at, at practice. And if we don't come out here, if we come out sluggish, they're going to come out sluggish in the game. So he makes sure that, uh, you know, that he wants that hundred percent intensity every single day. And I think, yeah. I think slowly, but surely the, you know, again, I think that break it, it, it did a lot of, I don't know. It did a lot of different things for a lot of pro athletes and a lot of different sports out there. So I think it's just a different time. It's just, I mean, it's 2020, that's all I can say.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is exactly right. I mean, we're doing this interview over zoom instead of in person, which was, you know, that's a perfect example of right. what 2020 has been like. But, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a good point. And exactly. I just think this team has been able to adjust to different situations. Um, defensively, they gave up three goals late um, in the first match back against Tacoma way back in, what is that, July? And since then, defensively, yeah. they've been basically rock salt. They gave up a late goal against Portland Timbers. Um, but if you go back and watch, I don't know how they got that corner kick. We, were, we, had, a, we had a virtual staff party watching the game together and Scott Moak was livid that he did not think that there should have been a corner there. Uh, anyway, so really kind of a, a, a funny, uh, piece inside, but and I went back, I went back and looked at it and he was right. I didn't think there was any, any way that that should have been a corner for Portland Timbers, but obviously they fight back. They get the goal, the celebration. I mean, it was a, it was a perfect ending. And I just feel like now this team, they have confidence in their young guys coming off the bench, uh, Defensively, they have a ton of confidence, and if they can just find a way to score goals and finish, I think this is going to be a tough team to beat in the league. What What are your thoughts?
1: I I 100% agree. Um, I'd like to see them score a couple more. I think they have what six games left. I'd like to see them score um, more than two goals in a couple of these matches up ahead. You know, I I really would like them to to gain some ground on Reno. Phoenix is going to be a tough opener uh, once they get out of group play, I think, and so I, I think if you can avoid playing Phoenix in that opening round, I think it's going to be a good thing. So I'm rooting for them to score for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and coming up Wednesday is a big match because Orange County is the number two seed in group B right now. So this is the match that was scheduled and we had to delay it or postpone it due to COVID. Um, so it's a big match because this is kind of the first chance for public to see a team that they might face in the postseason. So it'll be interesting on Wednesday, you know, how this team responds five game winning streak, do they come out with energy um, or do they kind of think, Oh, five game winning streak, we got it. It hasn't seemed like that's been the case for this team.
1: I don't think so. i mean, talking with the guys yesterday. It's it's the one match at a time approach as, as any team should take it. Um, it's the next opponent and the next opponent we're going to f- focus on. And I think it's go time. Now you're, you're on the home stretch. You need as many points as possible and you got to protect Papa Murphy's park and I don't think, I I think you come out strong and with a lot of energy.
0: So for, I mean, you, you've covered the team all year long. When you talk to fans or when you talk to players, what is the narrative around um, what, who they look forward to seeing score goals for me, every time someone talks to me they always want to see like a Kami Wassa goal, but is there any, anyone fan wise that you hear constantly? I love this player. I love that player
1: um you know it's funny because it, i think Cam Iwasa is is the fan favorite as far as as far as go uh scoring goals everyone was ecstatic when he scored his 50th league goal i mean that was fantastic um well the first one didn't count it was an own goal and then of right. course he came back the next match and got it and solidified that but i think cam Iwasa definitely is the is the fan favorite with that i've been um uh scundridge has been kind of one of my favorites uh to watch for um, I know Sam. Sam had a good year last year. Sam Warner, mm-hmm. um, but again, I, I think Cam is is probably the the guy that they look to, and we've seen him come off the bench a lot this year as well.
0: Yeah, and when because there off, are so many scored. Right, right, yeah, and he came off the bench and scored in a in a very key way, and that's right. what I think is so cool about this team is is we've seen Mark Briggs kind of tinker with the starting eleven and do different things. Is they have versatility. They can play players at different positions. They have incredible depth. Um, And when, as we talked about in a shortened season with more games and shorter period of time, that becomes a huge factor now with five subs this year instead of three. It's interesting how the depth has become even more important. And I think as we go closer to the postseason, each match becomes more vital as we get closer to uh, the postseason, especially when you play Orange County and then Reno next week, which is going to be probably the two biggest matches of the year thus far. It's interesting how much the depth has come into play and I think it's going to be even more important as you talk about a couple injuries, Shannon Gomez coming back. Um, now they have more versatility in the back line. So it, I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch and see, okay, which attacker is going to be the guy who's going to, you know, finish the goal today. They have Sam Warner, William B. of Wasa, Carlton Belmar, Drew Scunrich, as you mentioned, has had, has two goals on the year. Uh, so I, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the future. And it's going to be something that, you know, it might be someone we don't expect to score a goal. Mario Panagos, Juju Chavez. It would be awesome to see Hayden Sarges score a goal. He's been so good this year.
1: I agree, and of course, Hayden getting the getting the start. I mean, 18 years old, man, that's incredible. Yeah. But as we did talk about it, we do have Reno twice up ahead, and the funny part is, is we've beaten twice. Re- we've beaten Reno twice already. Uh, so if they can take those two more matches, man, that that the ball's gonna be in their court, so to speak.
0: Well, yeah, and it's. The only two losses that Reno's had is against Sacramento. So they beat Phoenix, I think, last weekend. Um, so yes. it's going to be fun down the stretch. And uh, are you going to be out there next week? I'm,
1: I'm aiming to be. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm putting in the request to change my schedule. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping to be out there.
0: Well, I appreciate you a ton for coming on the podcast. I, I don't know how we ended up wearing the exact same city jersey, but that's...
1: It's a good, it's a, it's a good thing heading into Wednesday.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's good, <laughs> it's good, uh, it's good juju if you want to good you juju.
1: Shout out to Julian. <laughs> Julian
0: All right, Michelle, thank you so much. Uh, Michelle Dapper, KCRA3, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Connor, thank you so much. Look forward to next time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Our thanks to Michelle Dapper, one of the best in the business. For coming on the podcast, she was excellent. All right, coming up tomorrow, Republic at home taking on Orange County SC, the match that was postponed earlier in the year because of COVID, and a match that is very important because Orange County, more than likely the team that will come out of Group B with Phoenix. Not necessarily the case, but it seems like that will be the case. So a big match for the Republic as they compete against a team that will also be in the playoffs. And then coming up Saturday, Republic taking on Reno. That will be a huge, huge match. You can catch me on Facebook Live tomorrow starting at 7 o'clock, a half hour before the match. Um, and we will be out there at warm-ups hanging out on live from the pitch. And, of course, the broadcast. Don't miss it. 7.30 p.m. KQCA, My58, ESPN Plus, and Estrella TV as your Republic are going for six straight wins. Yeah, that is incredible. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Let's go, Republic.